You're listening to the Built Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. We're in the midst of another jam-packed fall sports season here on Midco SN, and that includes a quadruple header of Live U in the action this coming weekend with hockey against Bemidji State on Friday and Saturday nights, football against Montana State Saturday at noon, and volleyball against South Dakota on Sunday at 1. It is all on Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast, episode 11 of the new season alongside North Dakota Athletics Director Bill Shaves. I'm Alex Heiner, taping this on a Monday morning, the 21st of October, at the start, Bill, of what I think is the busiest sports week in terms of home dates that UND will have all season. Yeah, we might have one later on. I think our staff was saying that there's one that's going to compare to it, I think, uh, but adding in the the makeup for Denver volleyball uh, on Tuesday. So I think when this gets uh, released, uh, who knows, we could actually be in the Betty at that point in time, actually watching the match. Uh, But yeah, add that into the mix uh, for Tuesday. That really gets this week going. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's just between, holy cow, volleyballs and soccers and basketballs and hockeys. And it just, uh, they're they're all here this week. And uh, if you're a UND sports fan, it's an it's an extravaganza. Yes, extravaganza. That'd be a good way to put it. We always talk about the umbrella, how you know you kind of have this this hockey sport that are kind of umbrellas the the fall and the winter and even into the spring. Basketball really is almost in the same boat now with, with women's hoops getting started with an exhibition coming up on Thursday. When you throw that into the mix, while football and volleyball and cross country are still going on and soccer, of course, it, yeah, everybody, all hands on deck across the board this particular week and really in the in the weeks ahead for UND. It's unique, of course, that all these teams are home this week. Kind of the perfect storm of craziness coming up in the next couple of days. Yeah, a lot of this stuff we don't control. You know, I mean, they're, they're just <laughs> they're just conference schedules and they get dictated to you. So that's what you get. Um, yeah, the, the women's basketball, I just want to make sure right off the top, a, a lot of the schedule cards uh, or all, anything that we've had that was pre-printed uh, uh, may say Sunday the 27th on it. Uh, our apologies for that. That got altered uh, here. It's somewhat in the last minute. And so we're actually playing on Thursday night at seven o'clock. So just make sure everyone understands that the 24th at seven o'clock, but yeah, Alex, it's a, uh, you know, yeah, all of these sports kind of collide. Uh, there's certain times of the year where there feels like there's collisions of, uh, of, of, of programs as far as when they kind of get heated up and then uh, ultimately to have them all at home, you know, it, which is which is great. I mean, I, you know, you know, homecoming was really busy too, because there was a lot of events that went along with the sports, but you know, not to be really cliche, but you just take them one bite at a time. I mean, that's it. You just go from sport to sport to sport. You know, the deal, right? You guys are doing a lot of, you have a lot of prep prior to a, a broadcast and probably some post as well. And then the game itself add in a what four that you're doing this week that's that's that can be difficult yeah four games live for us in three days and, and you are right that's we, we approach it the same way of like let's let's knock out one of these at a time it gets tricky because sometimes you do have to work ahead because you know you're not going to have enough time in between obviously we're not going to forget about hockey on saturday night until we get done with football there you have to get some things pre-produced of course but it is kind of that same thing you do just sort of cross one off and move on to the next one and don't get overwhelmed by the fact that it is going to be a really busy weekend. Uh, I had a really good talk, by the way, speaking of, of kind of preparing for this, Eric Martinson, of course, was in 
Mankato with the hockey team this weekend, uh, one of the associate athletic directors. And uh, while you were out with the football team in California and and we were kind of talking with Marty about that, like how do you sort of tackle this just from an ops standpoint when you do have, you know, different events that are going on really at the same time. I mean, Saturday you'll have multiple events happening consecutively and and really overlapping each other. How do you approach those sorts of things, Bill, when you do know you're going to have to staff out different venues at the same time? So two things. I do think you try to um, make sure that uh, games are not scheduled on top of each other as best as you can. And I say that because every program is looking out into, I say, their best interest because it depends on what is scheduled prior to their match, let's say, and then after their match. Are they going on the road? Are they, I mean, so, so it, it, you know, you might sit there and say, boy, on Sunday, we've got a soccer match and a volleyball match, both simultaneous at the same time. It just worked for both programs to play at one o'clock at that point in time, and it might it might be television considerations. There might be uh, there might be opponent considerations as far as when they potentially are getting out travel wise. So it just you know what it really depends. We try our best if if we've got two two or three games or matches on a specific day, we try to spread them out throughout the day. But sometimes it's just not a hundred percent possible to get that done. Like it, it stinks if you would like to go see volleyball play in the Betty against Omaha or against South Dakota, excuse me, while soccer's playing against Omaha at Bronson. But you just, you're going to have to pick and choose. And that's, that's kind of the life of a sports fan. Sometimes you got to make those choices. And that's if it's at Bronson, more than likely it might be in East Grand Forks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so we're kind of almost doing that Alex on a game by game basis right now. And we've just had so much moisture that, you know, almost historic moisture. And so Bronson was draining well, but I think anybody that's listening to this pod that's in Grand Forks would probably understand where the water table's been. And so at the end of it all, I think you kind of understand why we, we were off of Bronson last week and more than likely we're off of Bronson again this week. Water table's high. Not to get, you know, again, I think neither of us probably could check the box of, uh, oh, how should I say, being an expert by any stretch. I just know this, lots of water. Mm. Lots. Even today, more rain today. Of course. So, so there's rain. Not great, but what do you do? Better rain than snow, I suppose, for the people out there that aren't dealing with draining a soccer field in time for a couple of home matches coming up this weekend. You talked about scheduling and trying to figure out times. And you kind of mentioned, you know, sometimes television consideration comes into things. Sometimes it's opposition scheduling, et cetera. I know when people look at the football schedule this weekend and see Montana State and it's a noon kickoff, I think a lot of people will say, why is it noon? Like we had these four o'clock starts earlier in the year. We had a one o'clock the last time out. Why are we, why do we keep messing with that? Why, why would be give us the reasoning why noon for this weekend against the Bobcats? I mean, I think there's just a separation between trying to put on both a football game and a hockey uh, game on the same day. And I, if you really think about it in the best case scenario, maybe it's a three hour game for football. Maybe. I mean, and then there could always be one of those games for whatever reason could go overtime, could be just one of those, who knows, a lot of, lot of throwing clock stoppages. I, I think you had to take a look and say, what would be, let's just say the longest case scenario so that we can get that same staff or at least lots of members of that same staff 
over to the Ralph to make sure that we put on, obviously, the hockey game uh, against Bemidji on, on Saturday night that starts at 7 o'clock, not 7.30. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even that half hour makes a difference. And I think we just came to the conclusion that, you know, in, I guess, the worst case scenario, which you have to do like a, hopefully a good administrator, figure out the worst case scenario, I, I think noon made more sense than anything else. And even that hour at one o'clock, I, I just think, it, boy, if a game went into triple overtime, I mean, I bet you your stress level would be up pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, yeah, I mean, it was that yeah. a fair call though? The noon piece. I mean, I, you've done these things and you could sit there and say, well, gee whiz, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but boy, you never know how things could go. I would say from our standpoint, and I just wanted to concur because from a midco standpoint, when we have these double headers, you know, we're moving a, a large production vehicle from the Alaris center across town to the Ralph to, to, and to have to reset everything. So you have to, tear down your cameras and your audio equipment and everything else that goes along with that and then get it get it in back into the truck, hook it up, drive it across town, and then reset it all up again. And with the UC Davis game, because we had the same situation, it was UC Davis in the afternoon and then we had the uh, exhibition game against Manitoba at, at night. You know, that, that Davis game was threatening to go into overtime. You know, if they didn't go for two and they kicked the extra point, maybe maybe UND is in a different situation and we, and we don't, don't get the field goal and we settle for overtime then it really does become, gosh, we might not get this game on the air at puck drop. Like there's always those possibilities that the further, you know, the, the football game goes, the likelihood that it's going to maybe be pushing it is, is really true. So anytime we can slide that up and give us an extra hour, just as a buffer in case it does go to overtime or you do get a crazy, you know, not, not even just a normal long game, like just, just a game that as you mentioned, has a lot of a lot of balls in the air and a lot of stoppages and it just life gets real stressful from a from a television standpoint and hopefully people understand that that's why maybe we're cutting into tailgating or making you get up a little bit earlier on a Saturday but goodness just to get the thing on the air for people that can't be there and, and yeah for your staff as well to make that transition we are thankful that it's it, we have the extra hours certainly because anything anything past one o'clock is almost impossible and anything before it just is it helps it helps a lot yes yeah and, and you know I think I think of it this way if anyone has let's just say moved your home computer from one spot of the house to another it with a printer and everything else and let's just say you're like me that that good luck I have to label everything I know they're color coded but still it's it's hard I mean you all are experts but you have a lot of, of uh, I should say, equipment that literally has to get plugged in, unplugged, and then plugged in again. And so uh, it's just not, you know, there's just a lot of different factors to it. So, But it's an exciting day, though, for sure. I mean, uh, it, there's nothing better to have a, a football hockey doubleheader. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be certainly taxing for our staff, but it's one of those that you're just on adrenaline as well. Yeah, no, that, that's just it. I mean, it, the fact that we only have a handful of these you can kind of gear up for them. It'd be, it'd be different if it was every weekend. That would be such a such a challenge and a bear, and it'd be really tough to staff those because <laughs> people would start to avoid them probably. But it's not when it's just the two, three times a year max. You do kind of get fired up, like our, and especially when they're great games. And we'll talk more about the matchups, et cetera. But I mean, Montana State's number twelve in the country. It's a huge game for UND to get another big quality win. And then hockey, of course, is always such a big deal. And playing Bemidji State is kind of a fun rivalry. And there's just so much that goes into it. And I think people get fired up for these and, and, and embrace the challenge as opposed to maybe dreading 
the challenge of a long day on Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. And and you and you mentioned it. I mean, uh, obviously. Uh, Finding a way to get it done uh, against Cal Poly really sets up for this week's game at noon to be just a just a tremendously big game. Um, you know, I for lack of a better term, and not to be over dramatic, but it really is a playoff game in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, it's one of those. You know, you have an opportunity for a, a, a team that's done done well. Obviously, they're five and two and uh, have, have done an, a nice job. Their only uh, loss was what last time out against Sac State, who's turned out to be uh, pretty darn good here, uh, right. at least over the last three weeks. They've been outstanding, and so one of the hotter teams in the country. So uh, so we'll have our hands full, no doubt, and they're coming off a bye, and so, uh, you know, and that can go either way, really. I mean, uh, you know, for us, uh, we just have to kind of keep doing our thing and uh, keep getting better, and uh, hopefully we'll have a great crowd this week. Uh, that will be huge for us, uh, especially on third downs. Uh, that would be awesome. You know, false starts aren't a worst thing in the world for teams <laughs> if they're not yours. If they're not yours, that played a big difference, but played a big role at the end of that game. Cal Poly facing what was a third and one or a third and two. Late third and in that two concept. went to third, third and seven. Yep. And they ended up not getting it, had to kick the field goal. And that changed the equation for UND going down the stretch. I mean, you know, it, it just a great game. You were obviously out in California. First of all, I mean, a beautiful night, fun football game, a blackout for them. They're wearing these all black uniforms and and uh, the crowd was really into it. And obviously for, for New York, North Dakota, didn't have the start they wanted, you know, fell behind kind of like they did against Idaho State, had this string of consecutive touchdowns they gave up. But instead of where in the Bengals game, things just kind of spiraled out of control and UND could never really get close this was different. Great resilience shown by the guys. They kept it tight within a one-score game, and then it became just a back-and-forth slugfest, really, for the entirety of the second half. Great character win for North Dakota in this one to pull off the 30-26 to victory. It was a good response by the guys, and uh, you're right. It, it, it had the feel. Once, uh, it, I don't know... Uh, they got out to a little bit of an early lead, but it just had a feeling it was going to be down. I'll call it to the last possession. It felt it felt it had one of those types of uh, uh, feels to it, and that's exactly what happened. And for us to pull off, uh, you know, just uh, I thought a, a you know a very good play call at, on fourth and two, and uh, kind of just slip slip our guy out and uh, boy uh, all eyes were going one way and it just next thing you know it just must have been a really difficult feeling for for Cal Poly knowing what was coming because uh, you know once once you saw it go the other way wow uh, and uh, you know then then you got to kind of hold on because there was still uh, almost two minutes left in the game so uh, uh, but that's certainly the place you'd want to put a team like Cal Poly given the fact that they are more comfortable obviously running the football. The situation with Alex Cloyd catching that pass and going 39 yards in. I was driving back from Mankato. I was with the hockey team. And so I'm listening to to Jack Michaels and, and Paul Ralston and Mike Berg on the call. And just the, t- <laughs> you just, there's just nothing like being in a car by yourself, experiencing that and like dreading it. And you're just, you, you have these mental pictures and you just kind of remember in those moments, like, oh yeah, this is why radio is so special and why it is, why it is so special and so terrible at the same time. Cause you're just hanging on every word, but 
tremendous win and really fun for the guys. First road win of the season. Uh, and as you mentioned, it gets him gets New England out of four and three. And everything is still to play for. Back-to-back ranked opponents on the way with the buy-in between. So many opportunities now to, to pick up a couple of quality wins and really build that case to be a playoff team. It's all still there for Bubba and company. Yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, obviously we'll have our hands full this week uh, like we will the rest of the season. But, you know, I guess if you look at it uh, globally, uh, three of the last four at home uh, with a buy in there. And so, you know, again, it still sets up that everything's right in front of us. Uh, you know, obviously you never know how the year is going to end uh, every year. You know, there's some years, weirdly, uh, there's just five lost teams uh, and there's not a lot of four lost teams. Uh, and so you just never know how it's still going to end. The only thing you can do right now is just play the one in front of you and, and kind of figure out how to how to be one point better. And uh, we've got our hands full coming in uh, where Coach Choate's been there for now, you know, a few years. And he's kind of established, uh, you know, Montana State back to uh, um, kind of that culture of winning, if you will. And so uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll have our hands full, but I think our guys will be ready, especially coming off that huge win on the road. Yeah, the Bobcats, the playoff team last year, won their first round conference or first round playoff game a season ago and, and then got beat by North Dakota State. And there's no shame in that when you lose to the eventual national champion. And, and they're playing well again this year, as you said. Different quarterback. That, I, I, not many times do you see your starting quarterback, who was a first team all conference quarterback as a sophomore, get transitioned to linebacker the next season. But that's what Montana State has done this last year with Troy Anderson. So a little unique. It's it's unique. I've not seen Troy Anderson play. He's a little bit of a unicorn, I think. So he's got that going. And so uh, I I guess I look forward to watching him play. I I, I wish him the best all other weeks, um, you know. But uh, uh, but he um, yeah, he, it's kind of interesting. I guess he's just really just a special special athlete. And so obviously to be able to do it at that level, pretty impressive. Yeah, not to go too deep into this, but the last time Montana State played North Dakota, obviously, was in Grand Forks two seasons ago. And this was kind of when they were in transition and they still had their old quarterback who who was fantastic. But Anderson was a true freshman and had been recruited to play linebacker, but they put him in as a running back because they had so much attrition at that position. And he had a phenomenal day, and it was really difficult to stop on the ground. Obviously, he played quarterback last year and had a ton of success. Just, you know, some guys are just like that. Like, Brock Boltman's a little bit like that for UND, where you can kind of like they were going to play him at safety this year. A guy that can just sort of play wherever is just so gifted athletically and just a good football player. That's a really good comparison. I, I, I do think you can pop, you know, pop, probably, you know, Brock could ultimately, uh, you know, back up a lot of different positions you would think on the football field just because he's so athletic. And so, uh, yeah, it should be uh, should be a great game. And hopefully we have a great crowd this week and uh, and away we go. Yeah. UND Montana State noon at the Alaris Center. Be sure to come out and enjoy that one. A huge game coming up this weekend. Uh, sandwiched in between that, uh, among other things, of course, hockey playing Bemidji State on Friday and Saturday. Uh, UND coming off a 4-4 draw and a 2-1 defeat in Mankato against the number two team in the country. You know, we, we knew it was going to be a weekend where you'd learn a few things about the team. And I think we've learned that the the heights are still going to be pretty high this season. A lot of talent and and. Four goals, of course, on Friday night looked really good offensively going forward. But you can also tell like there's still going to be some growing pains with a team that is relatively young and, and a lot of new faces in different positions. Uh, you know, And the bounces just didn't go their way, frankly, on Saturday in a game in which they controlled for long periods of time. Sometimes you just, you know, the, the we saw this a lot last season. That was kind of the case this weekend, just one or two unlucky bounces that went against UND. 
Well, it would seem like that third period uh, of Saturday night, we, we had a lot of chances. It seemed like we uh, the puck must have been uh, uh, down in their end of the zone quite a bit. And so, uh, you know, just couldn't couldn't find uh, the back of the net. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I again, I, I think uh, Mankato – Obviously, coming in was what twenty-four and one at their place over the last twenty-five, and my guess is they're going to be uh, pretty darn good in the WCHA again. And so, you know, the tie and the loss, um, you know, depending on how we follow it up, uh, you know, it, it'll go a long way. And you know, we've got to figure out um, a Bemidji team that is, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, gives us gives us everything we want. And uh, certainly, last year was the case as well. And so, uh, so this weekend's a big weekend. To to kind of back up, so to speak, what we think we saw at Mankato. And, uh, uh, but my guess is, you know, knock on wood, maybe you're looking at two high-level teams this past weekend that you were able to witness. I think that's the case. I mean, it certainly felt like Mankato State, we know coming off what they did last year, bringing everybody back, we kind of know what that team is. Where UND, we're still for, sort of figuring it out. So for UND to play on the road, like you said, in a place that is so difficult to play in, and play with this team and play better than Mankato. I, it was it was pretty much an even series. I mean, it really if it would have been two draws, that would have felt about right. Personally, UND probably should have won on Friday. Mankato maybe was a little better on Saturday. It's just UND deserves something out of the weekend. I think anybody looking at that would say. Bradbury mentioned he really liked the compete that his team showed, like the way that they played. Really, sixty. You know, for for long stretches of time, maybe it wasn't wasn't quite a sixty minute game either night, but a lot of positives to take from this weekend. And like you said, now a chance to sort of back it up against the, a, a Bemidji State team that did not play this past week, but looked really good against St. Cloud State. Drew a pair of matches against St. Cloud and two bizarre games. They led four nothing against St. Cloud State at the Herb Center, and then gave up the four nothing lead and ended up finishing with a tie. And then the next night, sort of did the reverse, went down two nothing, and then came back and drew level with the Huskies in the end. So Bemidji State always plays a uh, let's just say a defensive minded. I don't want to say they parked the bus, Bill, but this this is kind. Of, it's going to be pack the box and then you know play hard defense and then be opportunistic on the counterattack. That's going to be what we see this weekend. So how well UND can break them down uh, will be the difference, likely, between a win and a loss coming up. Yeah, and you know, I, when you play teams that kind of know who they are and how they play, um, you know, you give them you give them credit. I mean, you know, you're going to have to play at a certain level and uh, to to get it done. So uh, I look forward to seeing how our guys are going to react this weekend. Yeah, it should be fun. 7.30 on Friday, 7 o'clock on Saturday against the Beavers coming up this weekend. Uh, volleyball coming off a busy week as well. And, and as you're listening to this podcast, they will probably have another game either in progress uh, or, or in the books already. But um, since we potted last home game against North Dakota State that didn't go their way, a four-set defeat to the Bison, uh, the first time they'd lost against NDSU since... 2014 and it had been a while a really long long streak of five straight wins for UND but then they follow it up with a road trip to Tulsa and you're thinking that's that's a tough turnaround how are they going to do against an Oral Roberts team that's pretty good and they pull out a great five set win in in a crazy match I mean, a really a, a big win for them to get to two and to get their second win in conference and give themselves still a plenty of hope to make the conference tournament. Yeah, there's a uh, I'll call it a log jam right now at the uh, you know kind of in that two win uh, 
category for, in, in the Summit League. We have four four schools with two wins apiece, and Omaha's got three. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's still going to be a fight, uh, you know, as we continue to go down here. I know we're, you know, probably most teams are, are dealing with a little bit of an injury bug. I know we have to some degree. And uh, and so uh, to, to go down to uh, Oral Roberts and, and kind of gut out a five-set win, that was huge for the team, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, played played decently against North Dakota State. You know, I just thought that, you know, that third set uh, could have gone either way. And uh, once the once the Bison sort of uh, uh, knocked that one uh, out, they, they 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 closed it in four. But uh, but yeah, I was uh, the the resiliency for the team to go down on the road after kind of a, a loss to your uh, your arch rival uh, showed a little bit of character on the team. So uh, hopefully we can follow that up. But three three matches this week at home. Yeah, I mean, an important stretch, you know, starting with starting with Denver coming up on Tuesday. You get UNO on Saturday at 11, then USD Sunday at 1, all coming up at home. And all as you mentioned, UNO is right there, right above North Dakota in the standings. USD is undefeated right now in the Summit League. Some good tests for this team before then they have to hit the road for a little bit to kind of close out the season. No doubt, no doubt. And again, you know, you're, you're looking at, again, you know, a volleyball match that's starting at 11 and then there's pieces of the puzzle and there's reasons why that time frame occurs too because then uh, we have to sort of close out lots for the hockey game that's coming up uh, that evening. And so so you're just, uh, you know, you're kind of looking at it and just saying holistically, uh, there's just a lot of pieces of the puzzle. And, and, and so we do think through a lot of these things, Alex, but, uh, but you know, the, we end up with the, uh, you know, the times we have because it's kind of the best when you're kind of looking at uh, the holistic piece of the puzzle. Pay attention to when those times start if you're a volleyball fan coming up this week. 1 o'clock on Tuesday against Denver, 11 against Omaha on Saturday, and then 1 on Sunday against South Dakota. And again, that Sunday match will be live on MidCoSN if you can't make it out to the Betty. Um, but quick shout out, by the way, Ashley Bergerman had a career high in kills, points, and digs in that win against Earl Roberts. And this is a young lady that's had some outstanding games with 23 kills, 22 digs in that match, a couple of service aces as well, and a couple of blocks. You know, just a a senior kid that just keeps leading from the front. And I'm excited to see what she can do coming up this week and see if they can keep building on that success on that road win against ORU coming up this week. No doubt. Speaking of Earl Roberts, women's soccer was also attacking the Golden Eagles this past week, a home match, but it was at East Grand Forks because of the, as we talked about, the drainage issues at Branson Field earlier in the podcast. Uh, A lot of teams, as you mentioned, from North Dakota, across the country, et cetera, it's the time of year where teams are just going through injury and you don't expect it to happen and you, you hope it doesn't happen, especially to one of your star players, but that was the case on this match against ORU. Catherine Klein, who had been so good, just set the career shutout record the other day, goes down in the fourth minute and they have to call on a freshman goalkeeper really making her debut, and Maddie Maddie Livingston comes on, and she makes eight saves and has a phenomenal performance to keep it nil-nil throughout the 90 minutes, goes to overtime, and UND ends up getting undone by a penalty kick in the 99th, and that ends up being the only goal in the match, a 1-0 win for the Golden Eagles. But uh, great heart and great great grit by this team to fight back after losing their goalkeeper early. You know, or use a team that's kind of that's beaten some really good teams in the league this year and is has drawn against the best teams in the league. You know, it's it's one obviously you always want to win your home matches, but to to fight through playing on essentially on the road at home at EGF where they played all last season, 
without your star goalkeeper, it's still a pretty decent effort, certainly by the girls, even in a losing result. Yeah, you never know what's going to end up happening, and it's too bad it happened right at the beginning of uh, of the game. But of course, uh, uh, you got to make sure you, you take all the precautions, especially when you're where you're dealing with a potential head injury. So, so for sure, uh, that was uh, you know an opportunity for a freshman to come in, and you know here's the here, maybe glass half full, Alex. Let's go glass half full. Is awesome to get game day experience for a freshman that is going to probably vie for that that keeper spot next year and you know there's there's no substitute to to be able to have that experience to call back on and so uh uh so that was that was encouraging but you know as you mentioned i think last pod of course we only play each team once so it's so incredibly important and you know obviously the next one's against omaha before we uh play denver and uh and so it's uh you know two big matches again this week and we we find ourselves right now in third place with nine points and so three for a win and one for a tie and uh so needless to say getting some points here this week is uh, is monumental yeah denver on thursday is just ahead of und in the standings and then omaha on sunday is just behind them so it's it's another tightly bunched pack here uh with just a couple games left and that's it's amazing when you're at this point in october there's not that much on your calendar before the tournament and that's kind of where chris logan and the, and the crew is at so good opportunity denver is the reigning summer league tournament champion and has been one of the toughest teams in the league the last couple of years, they play very attractive football. It's all passing and moving and forward play, and they score a lot of goals. But they've been held back a couple times this season when teams have had a defensive plan. That'll be the hope, certainly, for UND coming up. And then Omaha is obviously a team that made the tournament last year kind of as a surprise. And that's a game that UND will really need to win to give themselves a shot. Because really, it's these two home matches, and then it's NDSU in Fargo the following week on Halloween and then it's the tournament. There are three matches left in the soccer season. It's unbelievable that that's all there is. So nine points left for UND. If they can get one more win and then another result, you'd like their chances. Yeah, you got to get to that 12, 13 point range. So that's what it's going to take. You get results in two of the last three and you're likely playing in Brookings coming up on November the 7th in the tournament. Yeah, and I would even say, even if you got three in in one of the three, you probably will be on the borderline for sure. Yeah. But I, I think that everything's in our in our grasp if we can uh, figure out a way, as as we like to say, uh, in getting a, a couple of results. Got to get the results. Got to get some results here coming up. Always about the results. <laughs> uh, as Bill mentioned earlier, stay tuned if those games will be at Bronson or at East Grand Forks. Hopefully, again, announcements forthcoming as this week rolls along, but expect maybe to be making the trip over to EGF to the high school because of the weather. I think we're defaulting probably to EGF. You know, I mean, it would be shocking if we could get onto Bronson. There's just parts of the field that just is not draining as as uh, as much as the the entire the entirety of the field is actually pretty good. But it, it just is probably not the smartest decision in the world, especially if there's a spot uh, in kind of closest to the benches that d- doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and that's a mix for player safety, of course, because you don't want to have. You know, we saw this a couple of years ago, you know, with the U.S. Women's National Team and some surface issues. And they tried to play a game in Hawaii where the surface wasn't good. And Megan Rapino tears her ACL. It's kind of the same deal. You want to have player safety first, but also, too, you want to preserve your field. It's a beautiful field that you spent a lot of time and, you know, took a whole season off to make sure that was in good shape. So making decisions for the players and for the future of the field as well. So, yeah, stay tuned. Maybe plan on going to EGF coming up on Thursday and on Sunday. 
Cross Country was in action this weekend, their final test before the Summit League tournament. Uh, the Ron Pin invite in Grand Forks. Pretty good showing. Three runners, uh, one on the men's side and Luke Labatt, two on the women with Hannah Oscarson and Madison Overby. Both, all three of those finishing in the top five. The women take second as a team. The men take fifth out of ten teams. Uh, nice work for, for the guys and the girls to get a, some, some confidence now going into the Summit League Championships in Fargo next week. Yeah, you know, uh, it was a little touch and go, Alex, last week uh, as far as whether or not we could even host that uh, um, uh, the cross-country race because, obviously, again, back, back to moisture again. And uh, so I, I appreciate our, our facilities folks on campus and uh, Kyle Doporalski, who oversees track and field, along with Christine and, and the coaches. They really went out there and kind of figured out how do you get to a certain high ground so that you – and it was one of these kind of a mile loop that's that's sort of what transpired and probably not the 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 greatest uh, I'll say um you know uh course for for all the runners but given the circumstances it was it was what you needed to do and obviously made sure that the runners were as safe as possible and and it worked out great and actually the day itself was a beautiful day mm-hmm. i guess it was you know 50s and just a, a perfect day to run so uh so so kudos to everyone that made it happen and you know when you only host one uh meet a year <laughs> you want to get it in glad they did get it in Good for those kids. Yep, one more one more tune-up opportunity there. And now again, they go to Fargo here on November the 2nd for a chance to vie for conference you know, championships and opportunities to continue on your season at the uh, the West Regional, which is coming up later. So it's, it's a big meet, a big way to finish up the season. Again, that's in two weeks' time, November the 2nd, down in Fargo. Uh, Cross-country is kind of wrapping up. Soccer is kind of coming to an end. We're already talking about softball. A registration for winter camps for softball is coming up, and that'll be open up this week. Those are camps that won't take place until January, but a chance. Uh, maybe just tell us, Bill, the opportunity for young kids right, to go and kind of learn from, from the coaches and from the players here coming yeah, up. Yeah, you got to take a look at our uh – um, our website because all of our programs in some way, shape or form do camps and clinics. And so, uh, I, I think it's, it's best to probably either go to their specific webpage or to the general webpage. And, uh, it just depends, you know, sometimes it's, uh, uh, you know, younger kids, sometimes it might be kind of elite camps, if you will, but depends on the time of year. And, uh, so they're, they're kind of getting into some camps and clinics mode right now, but, uh, you know, they just came off their non-championship uh, segment of their uh, year where they do play some fall games as well. And, you know, this pod really kind of talks about the teams that are in their championship segment at this stage, because even volleyball, after they get done this, this fall, they'll play some spring matches, but you know, it's just, and again, back to a lot of our programs are always going year round. It's just a matter of if they're in their championship segment or not. Yeah. That's the way to look at it. Yeah. Everybody's always doing something. It's just, does it count in the schedule in the end of the day? Yeah, you're always, you know, they, from a compliance standpoint, they they have a certain amount of hours that they can actually do something depending upon what time of year it is. Yeah. And so if you've got 17 different sports, you literally have 17 different calendars. And so, uh, so I think we have to like come up with rules of engagement for this podcast. One of the probably rules of engagement is we kind of talk about the teams, I'll call it in season or in championship season. Cause that just makes it easier for us to know, you know, because you could be talking about a, a, a team 
all year round to some degree. And not to mention, you know, we do talk um, because we've got some, uh, uh, we've got an NLI signing day coming up that will uh, incorporate a number of teams. And then of course, <laughs> the, of course we have different signing dates for, for different programs. And so all that to be said, we try to keep it uh, all under control here, but uh, there's just a lot going on. <laughs> It'd be a fun podcast if we touched on all 17 sports every week. There'd be a lot of bullet points. I don't know if we necessarily... <laughs> fun maybe is not the right word. That'd be unique. It would be unique. It, it would be the anti-Cal Poly game because, boy, that first <laughs> quarter went by fast. Oh, they move. They move. That's right. But we would be kind of like in quadruple overtime every single pod. But I, I like the current. I like the current format. Maybe We're better. sticking here. You yeah. know, we're, we're sticking here. If people feel really strongly about that, let us know. But let us know. Someone once told me on this, and I, I like this one too. Sometimes you have a voice, but not necessarily a vote. Hmm. You know, I, you, we want lots of voices. <laughs> Don't know who has the votes at this point. <laughs> From the pod standpoint. From the pod standpoint. It is, it is your name on the pod still. So I feel like as much as we respect everyone out there and their opinion, it's pretty much whatever you want, Bill. It's, it's kind of like owning 51% of a team. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. One other note on on an A side topic before we just quickly go go B side. Uh, some big news was made on Sunday, so yesterday as we record this, College Game Day announcing that they're coming to the Upper Midwest for an FCS matchup involving two future Missouri Valley Football Conference rivals. Kind of a cool deal. North Dakota State playing at Brookings against South Dakota State in the Dakota Marker game. That's going to be featured on ESPN this coming week on on College Game Day. You can watch the game live on MidQSN, by the way, but you can get all the buildup with Corso and, and the gang down there at uh, outside of Nick's Burgers. That's, that's pretty cool. It's a cool deal. They're going to be coming back to an FCS school for I believe just the second or the third time they were at Fargo a couple years ago. A couple years ago, they were at James Madison as well, and so yeah. that was the last time I think in uh, I think it was two years ago in seventeen. So really good for the subdivision, and I, I think you know a lot of uh, um, you know a lot of a lot of things have to kind of fall in place because I, I know this a little bit uh, is that. Um, you know, they're always got their eye on a couple different sites. And then depending on how games go that previous weekend kind of dictates where they're going to end up going. And so they, uh, you know, and I'm so I'm sure the FCS is always sort of in play at least one week a year. But again, things have to fall in place on the FBS level. So so for the subdivision itself, I think it's uh, it's great to have those guys there. Obviously, it's a it's the preeminent pregame show. And so uh, as much as you probably are trying to chase that one down, that one that one has probably lapped the field a few times. That's been a part of our Saturday morning routine for a long, long time. If you're a college football fan and it's neat that it'll be in our region with teams that we have great familiarity with and will continue to do so in the future could be coming to Grand Forks someday. You just you never know. You got that right. That's exactly right. I did see one of their signs this week that just made me chuckle that what Jim Harbaugh, because they were in Penn State, he gives out raisins and toothbrushes. (laughs) <laughs> for trick-or-treating that's what he gives out uh, oh it makes me laugh oh good stuff always always classic uh couple things on a b-side standpoint i feel like spur we got to talk about spurs quickly epl was back this past weekend after a long international break you were playing watford who we've established as the worst team in the league four points on the season 20th place right now and you give up an early goal and 
there's probably some concern. Talk me through your emotional state as you go through those 90 minutes with Spurs and Watford this past Saturday. I thought that, um, I don't know who it was. It was one of the, uh, it was maybe one of the Robbies afterwards. I, I, I think, and you tell me, you've gone through it with Liverpool for a long period of time before you got to uh, um, Jurgen Klopp is sometimes you just might reach a point, you know, where uh, for whatever reason, the team has had hit it kind of a little bit of a dead end. And uh, um, I just feel like this, this year they, they've had a lot of drama that uh, has not worked obviously in their favor. And it didn't, didn't surprise me that they gave up an early goal. It just, that's the way they go. And, but it took them a long time to get the equalizer and, and they did. I mean, it was questionable questionable but they they did get it um and found a way to get a point and weirdly weirdly you know in Watford I I don't know if they will be relegated or not I mean it's hard to tell they 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 had not a a bad year last year and so they have had four uh ties but Tottenham's issues are their own issues it's really not anybody else and so we're gonna find out but they've been they've been not great but they are back at home tomorrow in Champions League Champions League play against Red Star Belgrade, and you found out uh, last year that's not going to be easy either. Yeah, the Serbian champions coming to your house. It, it's. Uh, I will say, like the fact that they were able to to get a draw was huge. Because if you lose again after we we talked about this last week, you know you lost seven two to Bayern, you lost three nil to Brighton, like just some really bad losses back to back after the team had really not played great. The Newcastle loss earlier in the season, etc. So. If you would have lost this one, you know, I don't know if Poch is, I don't know if he's got a job today with Spurs. I mean, like there's, there's some things there that maybe you are forced to make a change, but at least you got something out of that match. You're still in seventh place. You're right in the middle of the table. You're only a couple of points off from the top four. It's such a long season, but you have to eventually, you know, funks happen. Everybody kind of gets into these weird veins of form in club soccer. It just happens. Even the great teams do. But it's the matter of how quickly can you get out of that and what can you do to get away, to get back on track. And the longer that spiral goes, then obviously the harder it is because then you have to start making some tough decisions with your personnel. So big, at least a, at least a draw. Big draw. 86th minute, Deli Alley, big draw there. Now can you do something against the Serbians? <laughs> at least you're playing them at home. I wouldn't want to play them on the road. Well, we're going to have to, right? So, I mean, <laughs> you, you got you got to get them both ways. But, yeah, and I, and I thought, you know, what Liverpool did, um, and I always kind of just look at Man U and Arsenal and Chelsea because that's it's going to be two of those four. Although Leicester is playing very well this year. They seem yeah. to be, I'll say, in form, right, of all the other teams. And so I, I got to put them in the, into the mix as well. So you kind of figure out that Man City and Liverpool are going to run away with it again in a sense. And so it's going to be two of four slots. And, uh, you know, Liverpool's late goal, kind of helps because you know man man you played very well i thought and uh uh at home they 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 had a good effort but uh but liverpool's very very talented boy i tell you what they um you can't you can't look away for a second and all of a sudden it's in the back of the net yeah i'll say two things about that match i think that man united who was really banged up and has not been playing well this season they played like a team that didn't want their manager fired sometimes you see that when a team is kind of on the ropes a little bit, and then you know you need a result to save your manager's job, and pff, you just lay an egg. That wasn't the case this weekend. They played really, really hard on Sunday for Ole, and that, that bought him a little bit of time, even though they didn't win the match. Uh, for Liverpool, 
you know, they were without Mo Salah, who's kind of nursing something. And they're still, you know, I talk about team, we just mentioned it with Spurs. Liverpool have kind of been on a bit of a funk lately of just not hitting the heights that we've seen them hit. You know, they, they've won a lot of 1-0 or 2-1 matches where they didn't quite maybe click on all cylinders. But, uh, but for them to find a way to get a draw and kind of preserve this unbeaten run and maintain this six-point gap over City, it just it's a totally different feel. If they lose that match, if Lallana doesn't score late, you kind of feel like, well, are you going to get reeled in like you were last season? Because remember, Liverpool were up by like nine points last year over City and got reeled in real fast. It can happen. There's actually three, there's three races going on right now. There's <laughs> watching Liverpool and Man City. And I have to admit... I have to just, I want Liverpool to keep losing some points. So that becomes tight because that's, that's fun. That's fun. That's fun. And then it's, it's for three and four and then it's for relegation. And, uh, you know, even losing a point this week, or I should say two points, uh, you know, even the most ardent Liverpool supporters are still looking at Man City. They're going, okay, they got three again. They got three again. And there's going to be a point where they're going to continue to get three like they did last year. What? They won their last 12 or whatever they did. Yeah. Yeah. Bonkers run. Yeah. So that's, we're expecting that. We're expecting them to figure it out. So the fact that they were able to earn a point, at least it's a little bit of a consolation. It makes me feel better. Let's just, let's just say that. (laughs) But you were up what? Eight. Now it's six. Yeah. Yep. 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 You know, and you have one weekend where someone clips you and then it's going to be one match. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Of course it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah and you, sometimes you never know where it's going to be. Yeah. The two play each other, I believe, November the 2nd. So that's looming. That's just two weeks away. So we'll know a little more after that one. Because uh, that's we always talk about those six-point matches. That's a six-pointer. You get the win. You get that three-point gap. You get the loss. It goes the other way. So stay tuned. Uh, really quick, Bill. World Series starts on Tuesday night. Astros, Nats. The Strohs came through for us. Altuve with the home run, knocking out the Yanks. It was it was great to be able to uh, watch. And again, as I have teased some of my Twins fans around here, that thank you Astros for what the Twins couldn't get done for us. But uh, but hey, you got to go through all three teams uh, to to win the World Series. But I didn't want to have to leave it up to the Nationals, so I was happy that the Astros got it done. I I don't know. This one's an interesting one. Houston's the best team in baseball, but the Nationals are on a roll right now. And so that, and that's a team that could beat the Astros, just given the fact that they've got Scherzer and, uh, um, Steven, uh, Strasburg, Strasburg. Well, um, but yeah, you know, with the, with those two guys, boy, um, you have a shot. So it, it should be a lot of fun. The Astros are the biggest world series favorite since the 2007 Red Sox. According to Las Vegas, that's what the line is right now. And I kind of feel like, the Nationals are coming in on a little bit better run, I think, than the Rockies were. I know the Rockies were good that year, but I, I don't. The Nationals have been pretty good over the course of time. They kind of feel like the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. They, they've always been pretty good the last decade. They just never have made the run to the World Series, and so I'll be interested to see how this series goes. I think it's going to be a little bit closer uh, than what the the, the uh, prognosticators are saying. Yeah, I would agree with you because remember Houston was a. I think at the start of the season, the Strohs were a six to one favorite to to win the World Series at season start, along with the Red Sox, who were a six to one favorite. It just goes to show people don't know anything in baseball. It, it just any any team can get hot. It's a seven game series. Houston has home field, but 
it's going to be a lot of fun. I, this this should really be a fun matchup. So hopefully people, even though it's not the, like the most glamorous, Houston versus Washington isn't exactly Boston versus LA like we had last year or a New York team involved. But it's going to be a fun series. Always, always great. October Classic, Bill. I'll, I'll leave the pod with this is that, uh, I, I, hey, nothing better when the Yankees go down. <laughs> I mean, it's nice when the Red Sox win, but that was nice. It was good. And and have no problem with it being a walk-off either. I'm okay with that. I was okay with it. Yeah. yeah nice, nice soul-crushing defeat. That's good. I'm good with that too. Yeah. <laughs> we had to go get excited about another team beating the Yankees, but it is what it is. Oh, at least somebody did. This is all we have right now. It's all we have. I'll tell you what. Do we have a GM? The Red no. <laughs> no. No. We don't have that, do we? No. They haven't got that piece figured out. Just... I don't know. Is that, is that important? I don't know. Yeah. Ask the Houston Texans how important it is to have a GM. It's it's important. It's a good thing to have. Uh, you've got your team on tonight. Uh, they'll, they'll be playing what the Jets. Are they in Foxborough? Honestly, for these games, I don't even care where they are. I just assume it's going to be a win at this point. So hopefully I'm not eating my words when we pod one week from today. We'll see. Yeah. Sam Darnold has given him a little bit of juice. Beat the Cowboys. Beat the Cowboys last week. The Cowboys who killed the Eagles yesterday. The NFL's so weird. Any any given week, I you just have no idea what's going to happen, except for the Patriots. Everything else is just complete random chaos. And there will be a team from week eight on that gets hot. And that that has not been hot. Last year was maybe the Chargers. There's, there's a team that will get hot. And then it's just a matter, did they play themselves out of it in the first half of the season? Yeah. And then they don't make the playoffs. But there's some pretty bad teams in the NFL, too. Miami would, would be one. Washington. There's a, there's a couple that are on the opposite end. But other than those, everybody else is still kind of in play. Steelers, uh, they did a good job yesterday. <laughs> Love a good bye week. Some would argue they've been on a bye week <laughs> the whole year. Some would argue. Oh, man. Appreciate you, Bill. Good stuff this week. Good luck. With all the craziness coming up. It'll be great. <laughs> we know it will be nine home events on the way. Be sure to get out and support UND Athletics all this week. On behalf of Bill Shaves, our producer Cassie Niles, I'm Alex Seinert. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week, guys.